Welcome to the Family Huddle Podcast. We understand family was God's design, and yet, our families can often be the place in our lives where we're the most ungodly. In this podcast, we're hoping you find encouragement from God's Word, as well as practical ways the gospel can touch down in your own life, your home, and your family. We also hope to share some laughter, great stories, and let you know you're not alone, no matter your season or circumstances. Welcome back to the Family Huddle Podcast. We are a podcast of Grace Church and Family Ministries, and we are excited to have you back. We're glad to be kicking off episode two of our new season. It is kind of fun. I I like doing this. This is our Friday afternoons um, when we're actually recording the podcast (laughs) while the youngest, Weston, is snuggled, sleeping, hopefully, prayerfully. We hope. If you hear a a door (laughs) and some footsteps, you'll know why. You'll know why. (laughs) And the others are at school, so this is a good opportunity. Speaking of Weston, this is a funny story. We um, have been, you know, kicking off Reengage at church, um, got some young marrieds that you're doing counseling with. I think our kids hear about marriage a lot because you and I seem to be talking about it a lot at Mm -hmm. home. Um, But I was home with him the other day and... I was putting on a little show for him to watch and he was snuggled up on the couch and all of a sudden he said, Hey, that's daddy. And I'm looking, thinking what? And I realized he's looking at the wall at a photo, Uh a big um, canvas portrait of our wedding photo, which has been hanging in the same spot for the entire time we've lived here, which is the entirety of his life. But on that particular day, (laughs) he noticed it and he said, Hey, that's daddy. And I said, yeah, who else do you see in that picture? And he goes, hmm, well, mommy is a princess and daddy <laughs> is snuggling her <laughs> because that's how you were holding me in the photo. Yeah. So basically we have a princess and a snuggler. Right. There you go. That's how our, that's the dynamic of our that's, marriage right there. There it is. There it is. <laughs> As spotted by our three-year-old. <laughs> uh-huh. Through the eyes of a three-year-old. That's right. There's a lot that we can learn sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Well, it is fun to be back. You know, we it kicked is. off um, last week. And um, babe, share with us like our theme, kind of what we're going after. Sure. So our new season, if you will, um, season two of the podcast, um, our topic is really kind of a broad one. And it is how to find your footing in an ever-changing culture Hmm. and specifically how to find your footing as a family in an ever-changing culture. And so, you know, we chose it um, based on some scripture in Psalm 94 um, about when we felt when, I guess, was it David who wrote that? I should have looked that up really quickly. (laughs) (laughs) The author of Psalm 94 uh, wrote, you know, basically when my foot, when I felt like my foot was slipping, your steadfast love held me up basically, Uh right? And so... um, I think in our culture today, in our world, there's so much um, that is shaking yeah. so many people. Yes. Christians also, in particular, there's just so much unrest around us. Oh, totally. Everything feels controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I won't speak for you, Travis. I will speak for me. I have decision fatigue times a million. Yeah. I'm just tired of every decision, as trivial as it may seem, having like these huge consequences <laughs> because of the climate that yeah. we are living and parenting in right now. It's just heavy. Everything's heavy. Yeah. And so I think it's hopefully, um, this is a, a topic that is something you can relate to mm-hmm. when you just feel like, gosh, what, what is happening around us and how do we as a family not slip Yeah. and not crumble under yes. the weight of everything? So totally. that's kind of what we're exploring and we're going to kind of go 
um, every episode is going to be a little bit of a standalone topic, although mm -hmm. we're going to do kind of a part one and part two today. Yes. On the same thing. So why don't you go ahead and set us up for what we're going to talk about? Yeah, I think, you know, in a, as a lead in, you're talking about this world and um, how it's so easy to lose our footing um, because of the ever changing landscape of the culture. Yeah. To become very distraught by evening news yep. and everything that's being portrayed. Um, so easy to be led astray and deceived by numerous thoughts and ideas that just bombard our minds yep. if we're not careful to keep guard over our heart and mind and what we're seeing and what we're hearing. But it's easy to become distracted, too. Yeah, it sure is. In fact, I'm going to guess that uh, maybe every mother listening can relate to this, but I'm going to say probably most humans can relate to this. Have you ever... Um, maybe come down in the morning to your kitchen and you are ready to start your day and you're thinking to yourself, I am going to do this the right way. I'm going to get in the Bible. I'm going to spend time with the Lord and I'm going to do it right away. Yeah. So if you're like me, that means you're going to come down to your kitchen and you're going to go over to your coffee maker and get that running really quick. And, and as you do that, uh, you're going to glance over and realize, oh, I forgot to run the dishwasher last night. And so as you think, okay, I'll just throw some soap in there really quick. You glance at the kitchen sink and before you know it, oh, there's a few things that I could fit in there. I think I'll just, oh, let me just rearrange this really mm -hmm. quick. Okay. So now I've got that going. Now the coffee maker's going. And then I think, ooh, I forgot to pay a bill. So I'll just log in really quick and I'll just pay this bill and then I'll be off my mind all day today. And then I hear a little noise upstairs and it's, you know, Westy. Hi, mom. I'm hungry. Okay. <laughs> all right. Come on down here. Let me get you some breakfast. The snack out. Right. One of many. Uh, so then you get him taken care of and then I think, okay, yeah, back to, back to the Bible. So then I'm out to my living room and I'm starting to get settled and then I hear this little ding on my phone. Oh, I wonder who's texting me at this early. Oh, well, it's my mom. So I'm going to, I'm going to answer my mom and, and then I, I try to sit down and put my feet up and then I realize, Ooh, well, there's the water bottle of the child who just got on the bus and they mm -hmm. didn't make it. Hmm. I wonder if I should take the water bottle to them because they turned the fountains off at the school. I better call the school. <laughs> yep. right so this is the start of every day uh, totally if you give a mouse a cookie essentially <laughs> and before i know it if i'm not careful um my entire day can unravel mm -hmm. and unfold yeah all the while i had this great intention i even got up early yeah to be with the lord <laughs> but a million little distractions got in the way and before i know it it's noon and i have not cracked my bible but i have dealt with yeah as some um, people would say the tyranny of the urgent, <laughs> right? <laughs> all the urgent things have risen to the top and I have solved all of those problems. However, the actual problem of my soul has yet to be dealt with <laughs> because I've had no time, I right? Know. It happens. Has that ever happened to you? Uh-huh. Absolutely. Pastor Travis, does that happen to pastors? No doubt. <laughs> it's like we have these good intentions to be in the Bible and then we get sucked in by Babylon, the world. <laughs> That's right. You know? That's right. And before we know it, we're down a pathway that we didn't really want to be down, um, but we're going down it, and um, we find ourselves in a place where it's like, this is not where I meant to be, mm -hmm. at least not where I started off from. Yep. Um, which I, makes me think of a phrase that's been used. Actually, it was a book title for um, a book written by Andy Stanley. And he said, it's decisions, not good intentions, that ultimately define the direction we go in in life that mm. then determines our ultimate destination. Interesting. Decisions. Yes. 
Um, and I think everyone can probably relate to what we're talking about. Yep. And so I think, you know, a great biblical example of someone who made some decisions early on in life that led him down a particular path or direction mm-hmm. that ultimately went to a place or a destination that I don't think he wanted to go, um, but it's where he ended up. Yeah. Um, he definitely lost his footing. Yep. Because of a current that he got swept up by. And he kind of got downstream a ways from where he started. And the place he ended up was not where he intended to be, but it's where he, it's where he ended up. Mm-hmm. And so the story of Lot is fascinating in that regards. Because it's such an inspection of defection of where a guy starts off and where he ends up and the reasons why he traveled that path. Hmm. And so we want to look at this today because no doubt we're living in a world and we get this, we feel this in our culture. There is a battle for heart, souls, and minds of people. Hmm. And if we don't have our guard up, we can get swept down this pathway of ungodliness. And so we have to stand our post and watch over our heart, right? As it says in Proverbs, guard your heart for from it flows the wellsprings of life. And we have to guard our mind, protect our mind and what's coming into our life. It's almost kind of the Under Armour theme. We got to protect this house. Yeah, right. We got to protect our life because we understand all the stuff that's coming at us from every single direction. Yeah. With the touch of a button, we enter into a world that just, just over time, at time, it can just overwhelm our thought life mm-hmm. and the pattern pattern of our life and where we end up. Yeah. So we're going to look at this. This is His story begins in Genesis 13, and we're just going to quickly move through this to get some to really, uh, hopefully will be some great spiritual application for everyone listening. Um, but we have in Genesis 13 the story of Abraham and Lot. And both of them have accumulated to this point great wealth. So they have a lot of livestock and sheep. And now all of a sudden you have these two men with a lot of stuff. Family and members, right? Family members, mm-hmm. you know. So literally Lot is is uncle abraham's nephew Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so they've moved together from all these different places they've ended up basically in um the what is called the south country the negev of of israel and the space no longer contained the both of them they have their all their hired men are getting into squabbles over the best watering holes and, and 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 you know the best places for their livestock to feed and it's almost like kids trying to share a room together Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which we've done in our household. We've done with every one of our kids has shared, shared a room, and <laughs> sometimes it goes great, and sometimes it does not. Yeah, yeah. Good it, character building. That's right. <laughs> but quickly, it's like, I've seen kids do this before, and maybe you've experienced this on a long car ride, where kids literally draw a line. Yes. Like, in the do seat. not <laughs> yes. cross this line. Yes. Right? My space will not be your space. Yes. And so we kind of like have dealt with sibling squabbles due to yes. sharing space that's close, like sharing a room. And that's essentially what's happening with, with Abraham a lot. Yep. So the patriarch, Abraham, which is really kind of fascinating that he, being the patriarch, defers to his nephew Lot and says, okay, we can't, let's not do this anymore. You choose for yourself what direction you want to go. And whatever direction you go, I, I won't, right? We'll go the opposite. Hmm. Um, and so we learn from Lot in verse 10 of chapter 13 that Lot lifted up his eyes and saw all the valley of the Jordan that was well watered everywhere. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt as you go to Zoar. So Lot chose, very interesting, for himself hmm. all the valley Telling. of Jordan, right? 
And then it makes mention in verse 13, the men of Sodom were wicked exceedingly and sinners against the Lord. So this wasn't an ignorant move. It's not like he didn't know the kind of people that were living in that place. He did. But he chose it for himself. And then as you progress his storyline, all the way up from Genesis 13 to Genesis 19, you're going to see a progression in his life where the decisions he makes in 13, Genesis 13, result in a direction that he starts heading that eventually lands him in the very place of Sodom and where he becomes one of the members of Sodom in so many ways. There is in the gate, as it says, or the marketplace. Hmm. Of Sodom. So Genesis 13, he moved his tents as far as Sodom. That's verse 12 of chapter 13. Then in Genesis 14, verse 12, it says, during the war of the kings, he gets mixed up in this, this war of kings, which really should have been a shot across his bow. He gets taken, and thankfully, Uncle Abe comes to his rescue. But it makes mention the fact that at that time, he was then living in Sodom. So he goes from living in the suburbs of Sodom. Yeah, right to living in Sodom, and then in Genesis 19.1, it says, and the two angels came to Sodom, and this is where God is literally going to punish the city for the wickedness, the outcry that's coming up before God. And in the evening, as Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom, Mm -hmm. the gate of Sodom is like the the hub of the city. It's like the marketplace. It's like where all the transactions, business-wise, take place. He's in the middle of that, And then he makes, there's reference of verse 7 of Genesis 19, where he refers to the people of Sodom as my brothers. So do you see the progression and the movement? He goes from living near to getting in to becoming one of them. They say the Bible is all about people, paths, and ultimate destinations. And we see his destination and as you think about like the tragic result of that decision early on in Genesis 13 and what happened in Genesis 19 and all that he lost, he lost just about everything, his house, his possessions, his job, most of his family. And we know the story of his wife as they were fleeing, she turned back and literally turned into a pillar of salt. Wow. Wow. Like all of that. And I think we need to watch the game film on this and study it so that we don't fall into the same trap of going down the same path as Lot did. Losing our footing because of the culture that swept Lot right up. Yeah. You know, I think um, that's such a, a great picture for us to, as, as Lot's story unfolds, sometimes it's easy to read these Old Testament narratives as like, wow, that's a really interesting story. Mm-hmm. But then we don't, <laughs> we don't learn from it. Yeah. Right. We just observe it. Yeah. Make some notes about, hmm, he probably shouldn't have done that. But we fail to see ourselves in the pages. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And so I think, uh, you know, one of the reasons we wanted to talk about this today is um, because this very same drift mm that happened to Lot is happening a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that was kind of a funny play on words. <laughs> it's happening <laughs> frequently <laughs> in our Christian circles today, mm-hmm. right? Where um, th- there are just a lot of people who would call themselves believers, a lot of um, quote-unquote 
Christian leaders, self-appointed, mm-hmm. <laughs> who mm-hmm. like to constantly um, comment on on the the culture yeah. today with their two cents about mm-hmm. how we as Christians should live in the world but not of the world, right? Mm-hmm. And um, if if we aren't careful, and if we are easily swayed because we don't know what God has said, yep. we can be taken captive by some really dangerous thoughts. Absolutely. Right? And we can, our marriages can go in a really dangerous direction. Mm-hmm. Um, our families can erode simply because of the decisions that we make yeah. that lead us in 5,000 directions, but none of them toward Christ, mm-hmm. right? I think, you know, you and I feel that um, probably more than ever yeah. as our kids get older. Yeah. You know, I find our time, we used to really have a a schedule that was pretty wide open. Right. I mean, our, our life has always revolved around the life of the church, mm-hmm. local church, and it always will. That's... We, we think that's you know incredibly important for us and for the kids to be connected in the body of Christ, right? Absolutely. But now what's happening as they get older is that they're you know making friends, they are playing sports, they have extracurricular activities, um, and those things are all good. Mm-hmm. But we have to make really wise decisions as their parents about how far we will let those things go. Yeah. Right or how much time they will consume. Yes. And more, maybe more importantly, how much of their heart it will consume. Yeah. Right. And so, what are some other ways do you think that we could, as a family, drift yeah. today? Yeah. Or in a marriage, drift. Totally. Well, you look at what happened with Lot, and you mentioned captivated. Mm-hmm. So easy to be captivated by this world. Lot lifted up his eyes and he chose the valley, where Sodom and Gomorrah existed. Why? Well, because the valley life, posh conditions. Lush, I mean, right? Lush. Mm-hmm. I mean, he saw a life he wanted yep. and money that could be made. And so he started moving closer and closer to the epicenter of ungodliness, all because his eyes were captivated mm-hmm. by worldliness. And that one little phrase that's, that you pointed out, he chose for himself. Yeah. He wasn't a single man. Yeah. He had a wife. He had children. Yeah. He had servants. He had, you know, but he, ultimately the decision that was made was for him. That's right. The benefit of him. That's right. Or because he saw it and he desired it. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, like, let's talk about marriage for a minute. We, um, we live in a day where the wisdom of the world is you do you Mm -hmm. and you better get what you deserve mm-hmm. and want in every relationship right. or else get out right and and i think yikes yeah if we're in a marriage and all i'm thinking about is what i can get out of it right or if you are doing what i expect you to do to make me feel good or to make me um fulfilled or to make mm-hmm. me have the life that i want right we have drifted really far from the purpose and the um view of marriage as God intended it. Absolutely. Which is not about ourselves. So true. You know, interesting contrast. Lot chose for himself because he got locked in on the lush living conditions of Sodom and Gomorrah. Conversely, in verse 14 of chapter 13 of Genesis, the Lord said to Abraham, and um, after they had separated, and he says, now 
Lift up your eyes and look from that place. So God told Abraham where to look and where to go. I think, look, I mean, you can just see the difference in the two, right? Lot chose for himself. Abraham was guided and directed by God. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit like what we've been seeing in the books of First and Second Samuel. Mm-hmm. If you're in Bible study at you know men, men and women, if we've been studying uh, the monarchy in Israel. Yeah, and we see King Saul repeatedly make decisions rashly, based on what he wanted, like in the moment, never consulting you know the priest of the day or yeah. or certainly not the Lord. And then conversely, and it was a disaster for Saul, mm-hmm. ultimately part of his undoing um, and God removing his hand of favor from him. But then we see King David, yeah. right? Who's a type of Christ. And one of the things that endears us to David is that repeatedly before he makes a decision, he calls on the Lord That's and right. says, what do I do? Mm-hmm. I mean, down to like, do I take this city? Mm-hmm. Are they going to come against me? And God faithfully answers every single time he's with David. And I think, you know, you see that here too, right? With Abraham and Lot. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't end well for Lot. It doesn't. And yet, let's talk a little bit about the relationship between Lot and Abraham. We said, you know, uncle, nephew. Uh Abraham clearly had a relationship with the Lord. Yes. He is, you know, the father, (laughs) father Father Abraham, Abraham, right? Who had many sons. Yeah. (laughs) He walked with the Lord and Lot's an interesting character. Yeah. He grew up around Abraham. He did. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting contrast again between the faith of Abraham and the faith of Lot, which I would say Lot's faith at that time was lived more by proxy, right? I mean, he sees Uncle Abraham build altars to the Lord. Yeah. Lot never does that. He sees Abraham pray to the Lord. We never see, or there's recorded of Lot praying. You see Abraham seeking the Lord. We never see Lot seeking the Lord. And so I think in many ways early on, Lot drafted on the faith of Abraham. Yeah. Right? I mean, he was around on the the coattails Uh of Abraham. And Uh as soon as they separated and went their own way, you see this unraveling of Lot's life. Yep. The evidence. And the evidence Mm -hmm. of it as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very telling. Yeah. And it's, I think for all of us, we have to realize that someone else's faith, right, cannot be ours. Yeah. And since we have to personalize it, we have to own it. Yeah, As one, I heard one guy say, God doesn't have grandchildren. That's right. Just children. Yeah, because it's a relationship, right? A relationship. Nobody can have that relationship with the Lord for us. Mm-hmm. Now, we can be instructed by somebody's relationship. We can be encouraged by what we see. Yeah. Um, but I remember even in our marriage, Trav, early on, you know, you were in seminary at one point, um, you were serving part-time, then took a full-time job. And, you know, I was just kind of wrestling with like, what's, what's my place in this marriage and what's our life going to look like uh-huh. and what does full-time ministry look like? And, um, just watching you and your relationship with the Lord, yep. um, I, I wouldn't say take off, but it just you know, became, I don't know what the word is here. It's not more real. It just became a huge part of mm-hmm. your every hour of the day, yeah, right? Yeah. And I had a realization at some point, like, I can't exist off of what your connection to the Lord is. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. 
I love watching you as a husband pursue the Lord. And I love seeing God working in you and through you and changing you and maturing. It's amazing to watch. It's a privilege to watch. But I have to experience that for mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. I can't just like get near you and hope like the Shekinah glory will rub off on me, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I need to know the Lord with the same passion and depth that I was seeing in you. And so I think, you know, as we think about finding our footing as a family mm-hmm. and then ever-changing culture um, as husbands and wives, yeah, we got to make sure that we are pursuing the Lord, each one of us. Absolutely. And really what you're doing with the Lord is, I don't want to say it's not my business, but it's not my area to micromanage. It's not my area to control. It's something that I, I hope I continually pray for you in yeah. that way and you yeah. for me. But you stand alone in your relationship with him. Mm -hmm. I'm not responsible for your relationship with him, but I am responsible for my relationship with him. Yeah. And so I think we we, we should encourage one another. Yep. Right? That's right. Like, and and I will say, you are good at this for me and that opening illustration of having the right intentions. But, you know, when you're a mom with four kids at home, there's a lot of Mm -hmm. tyranny of the urgent happening all the time and seasonally that changes, but yeah. you have been a good encourager to me in that, especially in the younger years when the kids needed me 24 seven, it felt like right. you helped carve out times for me to get away yeah. an hour at a coffee shop, just cause you knew I needed quiet and I needed the Lord to be with the Lord. And that was hard to do at home sometimes. Yeah. So you did encourage me in that. That's just coming to mind. But I think, you know, that would be a practical application of this text. Like how can I, as a spouse, encourage my spouse yes in their relationship with the lord what can i do to make that easier not not control it uh-huh just encourage it right absolutely yeah i think that's got to be encouraged and i think we you know we can talk a little bit more here uh as well about um how faith is established i don't know if there's a you know a, a formula for that but i think there's some things that we can be praying about but when I think about it, you mentioned intentions, and one thing I'd love to point out to our listeners is we underestimate the attractive allurement from this world. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely a pull on our lives from this world. I think we've all felt that at times. Mm-hmm. We're just, man, we can get sucked into this ungodly vortex yeah. called worldliness. Yeah really, really fast. And so one thing we need to recognize in the story of Lot that really is applicable for our own lives is we got to be aware of the culture's current. And there is a current. Yep. There's an agenda. There's an agenda. Uh You know, Lot did not make a deliberate choice to make Sodom his home. It wasn't his his intention to become like Sodom. He drifted there. He got pulled in and he drifted there. You know, it's almost like you go out to the ocean, which we were a couple years ago out on the East Coast with our kids. Um, and if there's a current, yep. you can enter into the ocean right in front of your hotel and find yourself just 15, 20 minutes later, like, you know, a quarter mile down the way from your hotel. Yeah. And you're like, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. The current took you. And if you're not, if you don't have an infinite reference point that you're continually coming back and referencing, Mm -hmm. you'll find yourself down the way from where you entered and be like, good gracious. Yep. (laughs) Yep. And so Lot drifted and we can drift 
the same way because everything about this world is going to try to pull us in the opposite direction from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that's why we've got to be fighting the good fight Mm -hmm. of the faith because if we're not fighting, we're drifting. Yeah. So let's talk just a little bit here as we wrap up. Um, You know, we talked about maybe a marriage application. Let's talk about a family and and parenting even Mm -hmm. because I think this very thing, this idea of our kids drifting is a huge fear. Right. Of most parents and and a well-founded one, like nobody wants that for their kids. Right. Right. And so how do we, um, you know, what, what would you say to the parent who's like, gosh, I don't want my kids to drift, Mm -hmm. um, you know, a a half quarter mile down the way. Right. I want them to constantly come back to that reference point. Like what are some things? And we, we have to, I think first put on the table that they are going to make their own decisions. Yes. Right. And, and we absolutely can, can and should do everything in our power yeah. to point them to Christ, to right. model for them a relationship that's authentic in the way that we relate to Christ, totally. right? But what are some practical things maybe we can do either to prevent the drift mm-hmm. as best we can, mm-hmm. to parent while a child is drifting? Yes. Like, what would you say? And well, there's a lot of things. This well, isn't comprehensive, but... You know, I think for sure we're engaging in spiritual warfare. And so the weapons of our warfare are divinely powerful, mm-hmm. and that is the Bible and prayer. Amen. The scripture will always be our infinite reference point. Yes. It's not going to change on us. Yep. It's not going to drift from a place of truth to error. It's always going to be the truth. Yep. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, and that which he has spoken to us is the same. Yeah. Praise God, it doesn't move on us. Right. And so we always have to keep pointing our kids to that infinite reference point. Yeah. And take opportunities to do that. Yeah, and drip it into their life, mm-hmm. right? I mean, just really practically speaking, read the word to your kids at home. And don't wear them out with, you know, massive chunks that they can't. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not saying beat them over their heads with it. But what if we just continually dripped it throughout their day? Uh-huh. You know, as they get older, you send them a text with a scripture that maybe God gave you that morning, or at breakfast, you read a scripture together, or there's a million ways, right? Yeah. But we've got to get our kids in the word. We Uh need to get the word in our kids. (laughs) We want to expose them to the word. That's why taking them to church is so important. Getting them in, in community with other, you know, kids who are feeling their faith out is important. But the word is never going to get in them. Yeah. If it's if they're never exposed to it. Exactly. It doesn't work like osmosis, right? No. You can't just lay the Bible on the table and hope that somehow the words leap off the page into their hearts. Yeah. It's got to be spoken and read and prayed to them. Absolutely. And that is our responsibility. So that's one thing, right? Yeah. Well, and and then I think fighting for them in prayer. Yes. Which is not our last resort. No. Sometimes we think of it like that. Exactly. And we think about it in relation to Lot's story. Who rescued Mm -hmm. Lot out of Sodom and Gomorrah? God did. God did. But in answer to someone's prayer. Abraham's. Abraham was praying for Lot. Yeah. And it says there in Genesis 19, God remembered Abraham. And remembered Abraham in what way? His prayer. Yeah. Yeah. What What a... That's a huge application Mm -hmm. right there yeah because how defeated 
I, I wonder, did Abraham feel watching Lot do this? Yeah. Watching him move closer and closer yeah. and get sucked in. You know that had to tug it, obviously did, because he prayed yeah. on Lot's behalf. Oh, totally. But I think as parents or grandparents or aunts and uncles or whatever, we um, we got to be careful that we don't think we're powerless. Mm-hmm. Because prayer is absolutely a weapon, mm-hmm. a, weapon a weapon that we can wield. Yes. With all the power of heaven. Right. Right? And so, you know, praying intentionally for your kids. So if you're if you're listening and you have a child who is drifting yeah. and you're watching it and it's breaking your heart, don't forget to pray for them. Mm-hmm. And not a, you know, this is not a, I think you have to be careful. <laughs> it's not about the, con, you know, the, the performance of your praying, Right. right. This is so much about the, the heart. heart. Of prayer. Yeah, the heart of prayer and your dependence on the yeah. Lord and you recognizing yeah. that He is the only one that can bring them back. Totally. And that you're going to do everything in your power to. Right. But that you're going to trust that God has them mm-hmm. and that He is faithful to um, bring them back That's and right. to bring to fruition the seeds that have been planted, right, yeah. over yeah. the years. And you think about that Genesis 18, Abraham never mentions Lot in his prayer, but that's who he's thinking about. God answered the heart prayer of Abraham. Interesting. And it cost, you know, I think the thing is it cost Lot something. Yeah. So God brought him, right, out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. But Lot paid a consequence. He did. And I think sometimes as parents, we have to also wrestle with that, the truth of that, that sometimes our kids are going to drift because that's how God's going to reach them, right? Like he knows it and he knows that this is going to get them, Uh though, their hearts back to him. But there may be some pain. Yeah. And we have to we have to be okay with that. Not that we ever want our kids to be in pain. We yeah. don't. But if that is the thing it will take yeah. for their hearts to be in, you know, turned back to the Lord, right. then it would be worth it. Oh, absolutely. Right? And you think in the New Testament, Second Peter chapter two, it talks about righteous lot. And I hope this is very encouraging for everybody because maybe we all can testify to some moment in our life where we drifted into ungodliness because we weren't fighting the good fight of the faith. Or we feel it now. And we feel it now. Yeah. I want to let you know the way that God sees Lot is through the gospel because Mm -hmm. at some point Lot placed his trust in the God of and father of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, right? He placed his faith in the living God. Maybe, we don't know, but maybe it was a result of someone who was constantly thinking about him Hmm. and praying for him. Wow. Like Uncle Abraham. Yeah, that's that's sobering, I think, but that's also energizing, isn't it? Totally. Because we can play that role. Mm-hmm. And and maybe God's calling you today to play that role. Right. Maybe it's to be the that prayer warrior for your spouse who's who you, who you see is drifting mm-hmm. and it's killing you. Yeah. Maybe it's to do that for your child. Yeah. Or a family member. Maybe it's you who's drifting. Mm-hmm. And maybe God is is even bringing to mind somebody who is praying for you. Yeah. To come back. Yeah. But that is the beauty of the body of Christ, isn't it? it? Because that's where we find um, help in one another and encouragement. And we can can sharpen one another. We can help uh, bring that dripping of scripture Mm -hmm. (laughs) back to their life, Mm -hmm. right? The reset. Yep. Um, We aren't powerless. That's right. That we have weapons to wield Uh when we face temptations and when we feel ourselves drift. That's right. 
we God never leaves us or forsakes us. So, Amen. Divinely powerful to bring down fortresses yeah. and ideas that have been raised up against the knowledge right. of Christ. Right. And so I think it would be great as we close out this podcast to be able to pray mm-hmm. for everyone. Um, so let's pray together. Jesus, thank you. Um, at times it feels like if we're just looking and staring at this world, we can lose our footing really quickly. Mm-hmm. Like the ground beneath us is disappearing. But thank you that as believers, we have a firm foundation in Christ Jesus. And that we would be firmly rooted in Christ's love and in his word. So that when the prevailing winds from our culture beat against us, we will have a steely character and a strong faith that's immovable because it's in Christ Jesus our Lord, who is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, who is immovable, the ancient of days, that rock on which our lives are meant to be built upon. So for everyone listening, Father, we pray they be encouraged to employ the weapons of warfare, the word of God, and prayer. Thank you for the lessons we learn from Scripture and the mm-hmm. people's lives, Father, that, yes, can be tragic, yet also it doesn't have to end that way. It doesn't have to end, it doesn't have to end up in a place that we don't want to go. We can make decisions based on God's Word, and you can instruct and guide us, and we thank you for that, for thy Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Thank you, Father, for today. Thank you for our listeners, and we pray, Lord Jesus, this week we will continue to stare not at this world, but fix our eyes upon Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. So thank you for him today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for listening today. It was fun to uh, look at an example from the Bible of somebody who did, in fact, lose their footing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But praise God that he, he was merciful still, right? God is compassionate yep. and gracious upon Lot That's as he right. is upon us. So next week, we are going to um, look at another narrative in the Bible, and we're going to look at this time at some men, young mm-hmm. men, mm-hmm. who were in a culture that was certainly um, wicked and ungodly. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Pulling them, um, wanting to pull them into the current, and yet God in them kept their footing, yeah. right? On yeah. the sure foundation, and they did not bend. Mm-hmm. And they did not get swept away. And so we're going to talk about that next week, too. So we're excited. But Come join us. Yeah. We're, we're thankful that you're listening. And we hope this has been um, enriching yeah. for your faith. And for your family. So Amen. we will see you next time see on the Family Huddle Podcast. Bye. Bye-bye. And there you have it. That's another episode of the Family Huddle Podcast. As always, I know we say it every episode, but we're so thankful that you would choose to spend a little bit of time with us Lots of things can take your time, and so it does mean a lot that you would choose to take even a portion of a day and tune in and spend it with us. And we hope that in choosing to do that, you're also, um, if someone comes to mind, that you'll pass the episode along, take the time to leave us a review. Um, But there was so much packed into today's episode um, as you think through like being a spouse or a parent or a friend, family member, who is it that's in your life, in your sphere that you can be praying for, encouraging, um, going to battle for and on behalf of, and then to take a look at your own life and your relationship with Jesus and what does that look like? And are you making that a priority and taking some time? um, And no, not doing it perfectly because none of us do that. 
but are you putting some some boundaries and some guidelines in place? And do you have those that are keeping you accountable and encouraging and praying for you? Um, what should what should all of that look like? And again, there is a lot to kind of work through, unpack, hopefully prayerfully sort through um, from this episode. And uh, we mention this every week too, but we do love to hear from you. So you can find us on social media, shoot us an email. Um, we'd love to hear how we're hopefully being encouraging and um, gospel-centered and hope-filled um, for your life and your family. And um, we hope you have an amazing week and we will see you soon.